Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. How are you doing today? Thanks for being here with us. We hope that by the end of today's episode, you can up-level yourself and your business just a little bit because we really do know that the best way to thrive in life isn't to be perfect, but to just be growing. You know, there's an old saying that says, when you're green, you're growing, and when you become ripe, you begin to rot. Um, And so we want to always be in that state where we're flexible, bendable, growing, learning, developing into more and more each day. That's really the best way to thrive. I mean, if you think about people that you know who are totally shut down, you know, they just really have no interest in learning anything else. We all know people like that. Um, You know, they're not really that much fun to be around. Um, It's fun to have engaging conversations. It's even fun to have conversations with people who have differing opinions than you. Um, You know, if both of you can actually come in and have a really genuine, honest dialogue about what you're speaking about, um, you know, I think that's kind of sometimes one of the funnest things that you can do is to really talk about issues. Um, I think that we would do a lot better in this world if we found ourselves more in a place where we were talking about things rather than holding them in close, um, you know, not speaking about them and just simply waiting until somebody else stepped up and said something or worse yet, hoping that something would change and then watching as it never does. That's really sad when you see an injustice in the world um, and it just stays the same. Um, You know, there's an old saying that says, in order for evil to triumph, all that needs to happen is for good people to do nothing. And that's why I get so excited when I see people who, at every level of their journey, they're just stepping up and doing what they can do. None of us have the ability to change the entire world. But what if you only make a change for even just one person? I've used this example before, but I love the story. Uh, you know, the guy's walking on a beach after a huge storm, and, the, and the, the beach is just covered with starfish all over. And uh, there's a little kid just on the beach just running as fast as they can, picking up starfish and tossing them in the ocean just as quick as they can do it. And the guy stops him and says, why are you doing that? It's, it's a uh, futile effort. There's no way you could ever save all of them. And the kid stops and looks at him and says, yes, but for that one, it meant everything. And that's really where I want to see us focus is for that one, it meant everything. That is the best thing we can do. And that's such a great way to be able to thrive as an entrepreneur. 
and, and I know that's what you want. That's why you're listening, right? You know, you whether it's your first time, and if it is, thank you for joining us. Or, you know, you've heard every single solitary episode. I want you to really um, know that you're home and know that you can find a place to be able to thrive. And I want you to, as you're listening, know that from my heart, my intent is for you to be that one starfish that I can help get into the ocean. And then there are other be other starfish that I'll help along the way. But right now my focus is you. And I'm glad that you're here. And I'm glad that I can spend some time with you today pouring into you just a little bit and helping you out as we both move on our journey at the levels that we're at to thriving in life and in business. It's really cool. And I hope that you really already are living as a thriving entrepreneur. I hope your business is that thing you always dreamt of, that you, uh, you know, you, you find yourself like you have to pinch yourself. I feel this way sometimes when I'm doing the radio show. It's like my guilty pleasure. I have to remind myself sometimes that I actually do do it for our company because I enjoy it. I have a blast. And I get to talk to so many amazing people. And I really hope for you that your business feels that way to you. You know, they say that if you do something you love, you'll never work a day of your life. And although all of us that are in business know that there are days, even in the thing that we love, that you have to, you know, clean house, wash the dishes, um, you know, those kind of things. You got to file paperwork. You got to do your taxes. Um, all of us know that in business there are those days, but we also know that it's our passion that propels us. It's being passionate about what we do, what we do that takes us through those times when the sales aren't closing like they normally do, or you're getting the same excuse and you're just pushing through, or, you know, whatever, maybe you're sick. I mean, we've all had that where the business is basically shut down because you're a solo entrepreneur and you're sick today. So therefore, the entire company is sick, (laughs) Um, you know, and, and those things happen. But our passion propels us forward into that next thing beyond this temporal, temporary uh, thing that may be going on today into that thriving, exciting life. I want to ask you a question today. I want to not just talk ethereally about thriving. Um, I love talking about that. It's probably part of the reason why I named the show Thriving Entrepreneur. But I do want to talk very specifically today about your business. And I have a question for you. The question is this. Are you running your business or is your business running you? Think about that for a minute. Are you running your business or is your business running you? It's a fine line sometimes. And often there are things in our business that we have to get done. But the question is, have we buried ourselves underneath of things that we have to do and we've stopped doing the things that we need to do? Do we have a company or have we just found a way to have a job 
that we work even more hours than we did when we had a job. And a lot of times, uh, you know, people find themselves in that situation. I think it's important as entrepreneurs to evaluate every once in a while where we are with our business so that we can really truly be effective. And sometimes the most effective answer is, you know, hey, this business is not working. Sometimes the most effective answer is, hey, you know what? I just got this great job offer and I should take it. And sometimes the answer is, I am killing it. I am doing so awesome right now. My business is booming. It's never been better. I love what I'm doing and I just want to do more of it. There's a couple of secrets that we find and the number one is, is that we have to get to the place where we do only the things that only we can do. And it doesn't start off there. Anybody that started off with a corporation that started as a one-man show, you have to understand that you have to move beyond a one-person show. I mean, whether you are, um, you know, working out of your garage, just like the foundations of Amazon, or like Amazon is now, you're a multi-international conglomerate. You have so many different stores, so many different employees across so many different countries. They all start from focus on you being good at what you do, but then you also learning how to let go. And so today I've got a really awesome expert that I brought in to be able to talk to you about this whole concept of are you running your business or is your business running you? And before the first break, I just want to take a couple minutes and get you prepped, get you ready because there's some really juicy stuff that this guest is going to share with us. And I want you to be ready to really take it in to make powerful and effective use of today's show. So what I'd like you to do, unless you're driving, don't write while you're driving. But if you're if you're in a place where you can, grab a piece of paper and a pen, draw a line down the middle of the pen of the paper. And on the left hand side, I want you to put all the things in your business that you love. And then on the right hand side of your of your paper, I want you to put down all of the things that you hate about your business. Be honest in both of them. You know, there's no shame in this. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just simply a matter of writing down the things that you love about your business and writing down the things that you hate about your business. And I'm going to challenge you to take this one step further. And that's go through that um, and identify are there things on the love list that you shouldn't have as part of your company? I'm not talking about who's doing them. We haven't even gotten there yet. But that just shouldn't be part of your company. Because a lot of times we confuse activity with results. We're extremely busy, but we're not resulting 
that busyness does not result in anything. For those of you that heard the interview that I did with Errol, he talked about the green folders and the red folders. And, you know, green folders are the things that make you money, the things that should be your priorities, and the red folders are the things that you have to do, but they are not money-making efforts. And the more that you can, you take the red folder items and you put them over to somebody else. Um, but we're not at that point yet. Right now, we're just looking at that list of the things that you love to do. Are there any of those things that shouldn't be part of that at all. They're an activity, but they're not really something that should continue to be part of your company. Now, on the other side of the line, on the things that you hate about your company, that you hate doing within your company, either way, um, you know, are there any of the things in there that shouldn't be a part of the company at all? You got talked into having to have to do them. But in the cold light of day, when you're just evaluating it, you realize this is not an activity that really our company should be engaging in. This isn't part of systematizing our company. This isn't something that really is worth continuing to do as a company. So I want you to make note of those two things. So now you've got a list. You're going to have a list of things you love about your company, uh, love doing within your company, and things that you hate, that you hate doing within your company. And then you have a second set of lists. You have noted what are the things that you love doing but you shouldn't have as part of your company. And then what are the things that you don't like doing, that you don't like as part of your company, that you have in, continued to include in as one of the things you do as a company because you were supposed to, and that they really shouldn't be part of that. I want you to take a little time, uh, both with this commercial break, absolutely listen to the commercial break. I'm the one that did the commercials, so I know that it's really awesome, <laughs> but I really do challenge you. Take a little bit of time. Have that paper ready so that as we go into this expert today, you can really effectively make use of the huge gold nuggets that he's going to share with us. And by the end of this show, you will have made a significant step towards existing even more so as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelp.com 
youthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Did you take the time to make that list? Do you have a clear idea now of the things that are impactful in your business, of the things that you love to do, of the things that you don't like to do, of the things that you need to release that have been being done in your company that really shouldn't be part of your company? Because today we really want to focus in on things that are going to make your company really profitable, really skyrocket, really go to that next level. And in order to be able to do that, you need to, first of all, be open. Everything on both of those lists needs to be up for grabs. And then secondarily, you need to be ready to start looking at the concept because today we're going to be talking and we want to discuss how to go from just having a business to really owning a business. Not just operating a business, not just having your business run you, but really truly running your business powerfully and effectively each and every day. And so in order to be able to do this, I brought in an expert that I think is going to really up-level you guys. And so I'd like for you to join me in welcoming Paul Maskell. Hi, Paul. How are you today? Doing well, Steve. Thanks for having me. So, Paul, tell us a little bit about your background. What got you to this point in life? Yeah, so uh, originally growing up, I was kind of following the status quo, doing what everybody told me to do go to school, stay in school, get good grades, go to college, uh, get a good job, and then do that job for 40 or 50 years, and then retire, and then enjoy life. Uh, So I set out to do that. So I moved to Chicago, had a finance degree in hand, and was going to go climb the corporate ladder all the way to the top and have the corner office and do all that cool things that they tell you to do. Uh, And then shortly thereafter, I realized uh, it wasn't all what it was cracked up to be. And maybe it was, it just wasn't for me. Um, I felt like I was adding no value to anybody other than the shareholders of large banks. I was working in the finance world. Um, It was between 2007 and 2010. So I watched a ton of people who were totally committed to large banks get laid off uh, because they just happened to be making more than me since I was a newer hire. And, you know, they had everything wrapped up into this job. It was supporting a mortgage and kids and, you know, soccer and loans and all this other stuff. And they were basically tied to their job and had, you know, nowhere to turn. So I thought that I didn't want to do this for the rest of my life. It wasn't gratifying. It wasn't rewarding. And I was going to quit and start my own business. So I did. And really the determining factor was I didn't want to regret not doing something. I didn't want to be that person that was 70 years old and retiring and never got to do all the things I wanted to do. And the worst case scenario wasn't as bad as, you know, a lot of people crack it up to be. They say a job's the most secure thing, but really a job is owning your own business with one client. And if that client fires you, you're out of business. Uh, You got to go find another business. You got to go find another client, you know? So uh, I could always go back and get another job. So you know, long story short, I quit my job, uh, moved down to North Carolina, started a business, was very successful with it, grew it up, sold it, 
uh, within a matter of about four years and then uh, figured out what I want to do next. So now uh, I find businesses that provide a really good service and the owners are awesome and they just need a little help on the back end to turn it into a thriving business and maximize uh, the earning potential that that business has. So really helping people go from business operator to business owner and CEO. And what that means is kind of if anybody out there has read the e-myth going from working in your business to working on your business, because most people that start their business, they start it because they're really good at the service or they have a passion for it. But then eventually they have to remove themselves from providing that service every day and turn it into a business, which is a hard transition. So you basically go from being self-employed to owning a business and putting systems and processes and people in place so that the business doesn't run you and you can run the business so that you can really achieve all the income and all the freedom that you sought when you started your business in the first place. So that's uh, what I'm up to now. All right. You said something about the, you know, the old school concept of working 30 or 40 years and then finally getting to live your life, man. I hope there's nobody that's living. (laughs) I know there are still people that live that way, but it would be just sad to, to see somebody not living life now for the future of whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally understand. And I mean, unfortunately I was working in the corporate world and I watched, you know, in a big city of Chicago, hundreds of thousands of people shuffle into the train and sit on the train and they're all looking miserable. It's cloudy, it's rainy, it's dark, it's, you know, and then they shuffle into their cubicle and then they sit there for eight, 10, 12 hours and then they shuffle back onto the train. And by the time they get home, it's just like, why am I doing this? And, you know, they, I, I, I didn't want to be that person that said, I wish I would have done this when I was younger. Or I wish I would have taken this risk. I wish I would have done X, Y, and Z. Instead, go do what you really want to do. And if you crash and burn and totally fail, uh, really failure is just giving up. So as long as you don't give up, you're going to continue to move forward. And when you crash and burn, you're going to learn from it. And you're going to, you know, put something in place to make sure you don't crash and burn around that corner again. Maybe there's another corner ahead, but uh, you know, I, I just didn't want to be in that position where I wish I would have done this, you know, when you turn 65, 70 years old and then you retire and then it's like, okay, I've been saving money all my life. Now what? Yeah. My good friend Ernie Villanueva has a great saying. He says, you know, you didn't work for 30 years. You actually just worked for one day and then repeated it for 30 years. (laughs) That is totally true. Um, so let's uh, let's give people who um, don't understand your definitions of things, let's give them some basic definition. So what would be your difference in being a business operator versus a business owner and CEO? Can you kind of give a simple definition for the two of those? Yeah, so perfect example, um, a business I recently acquired is a dog walking business. So the person that owned the dog walking business before, she was an operator. She was the one doing all the dog visits, all the dog walks, all the cat visits. So she was operating that business, but her business wasn't really a business because if she stopped working, the money stopped coming in. So to go from business operator where unless you're working, money's not coming in to a business owner where you actually own a tangible asset that provides income and revenue, regardless if you're working or not, that's really what I help people to do. So I bought the business. I hired people to do the dog walking and the pet sitting and you know have employees. And so then I can make those decisions of a business owner. Where do we want to go next? How do we want to spend our marketing dollars? How can I best support my team? How can I make this the best place to work? How can I give my customers the best experience with the peace of mind that 
if something happened to me, and this is really how it all started was in my previous business, I was doing everything and everything was in my head and I knew where everything was on my computer, but I asked myself, what happens if I got hit by a bus? And if I got hit by a bus, my business wouldn't last very long. I would have some really upset uh, customers. I'd have some really upset employees. And I would have a really upset wife who said, who would say, why did you leave me with this big mess? Because now I can't get into your head and figure out what you're doing in the first place. So really systematizing a business and putting the right people in place so that you as the owner can really become the CEO and you know have that control of your business instead of the business running you. That is so fun that the example you used is a dog walking business because so often, you know, I, I interview lots of people and uh, some of the bigger guys that, you know, really do emphasize helping people uh, get to the next level or buying out their businesses. Um, you know, you don't hear stories about simple things like that. You know, it's like, and I just bought out a multinational conglomerate. <laughs> um, so yeah, some other time we'll have to hear the whole story about how and what drew you to a dog walker business. But um, that, that's cool. I think that's fun because I think that's a great example for people of, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be some life altering cure for cancer business in order for you to do it. Exactly. And that's really what I like to focus on is local businesses that are serving local people because uh, you really have the opportunity to serve your customers better than anybody, you know, and provide a great place to work and a fun place, to, you know, and really when you're hiring these people, they love it. Like that's what they love to do. And they didn't want to run a business anyway. They just want to do the fun part of walking a dog and, you know, hanging out with pets and doing that cool thing. So I, that's what I really just like to do is local businesses where you're actually dealing with real customers, you know, on a daily basis instead of, you know, something that's big and it's really just transactional. That's awesome. So um, let's, let's get down into some fundamentals. Um, you, uh, as a listener, a listener's listening right now and they're saying, you know, I am a business operator instead of a business owner. Um, but I want to transition. I don't, I don't want to sell Paul my company. I want to actually become a business owner. Um, what would be a couple of things that they could do to start really being the CEO of their business, the owner of their business? Yeah, that's a great, great question, Steve. So I think really is understanding the concept that you, a lot of people are hesitant to make the move for a couple of reasons, but one, they're really scared financially. How can I support uh, another person? And you need to realize that there are virtual assistants out there. There are people that are willing to work very part-time. Uh, there are so many people out there that you, you don't need to hire somebody full-time. You don't need to have 40 hours of work for somebody. Uh, a perfect example is if you could just free up an hour a day to have that hour to go grow your business, whether it's go to knock on doors and do some marketing, whether it's to put some systems and processes in place, whether it's to build something else for your business, a new product, a new service, whatever it is. But if you just free up an hour a day, you could probably find somebody for 10 to 15 bucks for that hour that you can then go and you know get a lot better return on your time. So understanding that time is the most valuable asset. And when it is your most valuable asset, you need to treat it as such. So that way, always kind of evaluating could I be doing something different that would really help grow my business? So you can start working on your business. And then from a tactical standpoint, uh, my biggest recommendation is first to perfect a process. To, so to do it in a way that it's systematic so that somebody else could eventually do it. Not just this is how I feel like doing it or this is how I'm gonna do it today. Have it done in a systematic way every single time. So for instance, 
if you're walking a dog, what do you do when you get to a client's house? So really perfecting that process. Well, at first I pull in, I unlock, and this is stuff that you probably will do in your sleep and you probably think that I'm stupid for saying this, but you want to perfect it in an exact way because that's how you're going to hire people with confidence. So if you look at something like a Chick-fil-A, if you live anywhere at Chick-fil-A is, They've perfected every single process so that the people they hire, all they have to do is worry about the customer experience. So they don't have to worry about how long do we cook the chicken or how do we cut the French fries or how much soda we put in this cup, whatever it is, they have figured all that out and systematically done it. So first thing is perfect that process. Second is then document it. So document it simply means creating a video, creating step-by-step -step standard operating procedures. So that way when you hire somebody, you can say here, here is your, you know, here is your roadmap. Here is your game plan for success. So that way they can have a system to follow. And then once you get to that point, then you start delegating it or automating it, depending on if you're going to use technology or if you're going to use a human being, basically. So, you know, no matter what the task is, somebody else out there is willing to do it. If you provide them the right systems and processes and the right infrastructure and the right training and everything they need to succeed, they will do it just as well as you can because there is no other way. When you hire them, they're going to give you, you know, you're going to give them that roadmap. So perfect the process, document it how it's done, and then automate it or delegate it. You said some incredibly powerful things in there. And I know you know it, but I wonder if some of the listeners got handed a gold nugget and don't even know they just got it. Um, you know, a lot of times we look at somebody like a Bill Gates or, um, you know, Steve Jobs or somebody like that, that um, has had multiple million dollar success. And we think there's some kind of magic to it, but we don't understand. Bill Gates has the same 24 hours a day that you do. You know, he doesn't get an extra hour a day because of the billions of dollars. He has. Yeah, that is. And and really, that's really probably one of the biggest things I, I tell people is you have 168 hours every week. Unfortunately, the average American watches 43 hours of television is on their phone for probably another 30 or 40. So when they say they don't have time, it's probably they don't have, it's not that they don't have time. They're just not choosing how to use their time most wisely. So breaking it down, super simple. If you have 168 hours, you're going to sleep for eight hours a night, say. So that's 56 hours. That leaves you 112 hours. Say you're going to spend 40 hours with your family and friends and doing things you love doing. That still leaves you over 70 hours a week to work on your business. Now, the key is, how do you spend those 70 hours? Bill Gates and Steve, Do Steve Jobs didn't just say, I'm going to build all this stuff myself. Yes, they started it. But then in order to get to where they are, to where they were, they started delegating. But they didn't just delegate, hey, go build a computer. They said, this is how we build it. This is the parts we use. This is the step-by-step -step process. Put this on first and then this and then this and then this, and then it's done. And then eventually, once you get enough money, then you automate that process. So it's really just taking one step at a time and understand everybody started exactly where you are. They started with nothing and they created this concept, which turned into a business. And then they started putting the right people in place. That is so powerful. I love that. I really appreciate you breaking it down in that way as well, you know. Um, and I would add to that, the systems aren't really, they don't count as systems until you've actually written them down somewhere that somebody other than you can get to. A hundred percent. 
All right. So um, you've learned a lot. I mean, I hope all of us have learned a lot in life, but I know you've learned a lot through this process. So if you could go back to yourself right when you left corporate and you decided, I'm going to go into business for myself and you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would be the one thing that you've learned now that you wish you would have known right from the very beginning? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a great question, Steve. And I would say you don't have to do it all on your own. You don't have to be Superman. You don't have to be Superwoman. You don't have to try and figure it all on your own. You don't have to do it all yourself. Throw your ego out. Learn from other people who are in a position where you want to be. Start hanging around them. Start learning from them. Start asking questions. There is no medal that says you did this all on your own. You just want to learn from other people. That's going to accelerate your you know, time to get to where you want to go. So don't have an ego and don't be shy of you know, asking questions, connecting with other people, reaching out to people that you, you know, admire, that you want to chat with. Uh, because the wheel that you're building, somebody else has already built it, so there's no need to reinvent it. All it takes is sometimes just asking. Hmm asking that's a huge one too because you know i it's fun for me now that our business is at the level that it is to have people that i know have the money that are still willing to say you know hey does that special is this still on <laughs> you know <laughs> they're okay with saving themselves money just because they have a whole lot of it doesn't mean that they just want to spend it willy-nilly yeah. And I, I forget who it is. I think maybe it's Tim Ferriss or somebody says like, next time you go to Starbucks, just ask for 10% off. Like they'll look at you like crazy, but like lo and behold, you actually get it more than you would think. But the key is to just ask. And the worst they can say is no, but if you never ask, they already said no. So uh, really just connect with people. You know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I'm sure everyone's heard that quote, but it is true. Surround yourself with other successful people. Uh, and if you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. <laughs> wow. So let's leave people in action. Let's give them something that they could take action on right now. Um, so if a person has identified themselves as a business operator um, and they are going to take step one today to becoming the CEO, the business owner that they've always wanted to be, what is the number one thing they can do? Yeah, so I would say identify that one thing that you either hate doing or that takes up too much time and that you wish somebody else or something would do for you and set that as your goal. That's the first thing you're going to delegate with the understanding that you don't need to hire somebody full time. Uh, on my podcast, I interviewed somebody and literally he pays a virtual assistant one hour a day to literally just go through all his emails overnight. He hated sorting through his emails, which ones are important, which ones aren't. Uh, so, and this person happened to be in the Philippines, I believe. So he would, the person in the Philippines would go through his email during their daytime, which was our nighttime in the US. So when he woke up at say five in the morning, he would have a clean inbox and he would have like the four emails that he had to respond to. Everything else had already been filtered out. So find that one pain point, start perfecting it, start documenting it, and then automate it or delegate it to somebody so that way you don't have to worry about it, frees up your mental capacity, frees up you know, your stress, so that way you can spend more time on the things that you love doing that's actually going to move the needle. So Paul, for people who would like to take this conversation deeper with you, how can a person um, get in touch with you? 
Yeah, so I think the easiest thing would be uh, if they just head on over to bizfreedomformula.com, B-I-Z, freedomformula.com. Go there. Uh, there's an opportunity to uh, learn more about a mastermind that I run. And if it's something that they're interested in, they can watch the video, they can fill out an application, and then we can set up a time to chat. Um, but I also have a whole bunch of free stuff on my own website, paulmaskill.com. They can just go to paulmaskill.com. There's free training. There's podcasts. There's all sorts of good stuff there. Thank you so much, Paul, for spending some time with us here today. Thank you, Steve. I really enjoyed it. I want to encourage you to do what a good friend of mine that used to be a director of a huge sales company used to do at the end of every meeting he did. And that was, I want you to write down what did you get out of the meeting? So out of what Paul just taught us, what did you get out of that? And I'd love to hear that. So the way to be able to let me know what you got out of what Paul taught us today is if you go to Facebook and you start off hashtag thriving entrepreneur or end with hashtag thriving entrepreneur either way and just post in there. You know, while listening today, I learned and then talk to us about what you learned about the difference between being a business operator and being a business owner. I want you to move forward. I want you to make that powerful choice to own your business, to be the CEO of your company, to make those decisions, to do the things that only you can do and find ways to allow other people to come in powerfully to do the things that they should be doing, to be willing to let go of the things in your company that are not good for your company and to be going to be willing to let go of activities that you've been doing that are not producing results. And then I want you to really become laser focused on systematizing that business so that you have powerful impact with everything you do every day of the week so that you can live in your business every day as a thriving entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Today we're talking about how to go from business operator to a business owner and CEO. And we just had our special guest today, Paul Maskell, and he shared some amazing, powerful tips on how you can, first of all, 
determine whether you are a business operator or a business owner. And I want you to understand, some of you, after having listened, are going to find that what really serves you, where your heartbeat is, is that you want to operate a business, meaning that you have certain aspects of what your company does that you want to do. So Paul used the example of the dog walker, the business that he bought out from the person because ultimately all that person wanted to do was spend time with dogs, was walk dogs. They didn't want to oversee accounting, set up systems, go market, sell to more clients, um, you know, all of the other kind of things that are part of the day-to-day operation of a company. Most importantly, they didn't want to be responsible for the systemization of the company. And you got to understand, the CEO, the owner, the owner of a business is a person who is always trying to find more and more ways to better systematize everything in their company. And it doesn't matter whether you are a work-from-home solo entrepreneur or you are Amazon. You still are constantly looking for ways to create systems. So I always tell my people, I learned this again from another sales trainer that, that I worked with many, many years ago. What I encourage you to do if you're a solo entrepreneur is to step up to the first level of management, the first level of being a CEO, and that's manage yourself. You need to have, create, and live within systems in your company. They need to be solid, they need to be written down, and they need to be followed. You can't bring somebody into the company and expect them to create a system from your stuff. Because they don't really truly get it. They will try. Oh, believe me. You can hire somebody to come in and create a system for your company when you don't have any idea what you're doing. And somebody will create a system. It just won't. It'll be funky. To use my good friend Jessica Butts. You should watch her episode. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, what it's going to create is a lot of wonky energy. <laughs> and that's uh, that's how that happens in your business is when you start letting somebody else that you brought in be the expert and start trying to tell you how the company should run. Now, there are times, often, where you may get your company to the point where you need somebody to to step in and maybe even take over as the operations manager, the CEO, all of those kind of things because the growth of the company needs that. But I'm talking about the basic system of the company, the deep inner uh, workings of what company you have, how it works, what we believe in those kind of things. There are some companies that are extremely personable. They just, you know, the minute you walk into them, you feel like you're there with family. Um, And there are other companies that the culture of the company is very... Um, you might call it rigid, you might call it professional, whatever. It's, it's a very calm, sometimes even cold environment. Neither of those, that, there's no make wrong here. Neither of those is wrong. It's just simply a matter of what is the culture 
you know, and if that isn't the culture that you're intending to have, well, I want you to understand the fish stinks from the head down. If you don't create a culture in your company, and that starts when it's just you. What am I going to do? When am I going to do? Uh, all of those kind of things, and you systematize every single thing. Now, like I said, some of you, after listening to Paul, you have realized, I don't want to be a CEO. Hey, that's okay. I really enjoy the operation that I'm doing here, but I do not want to be the CEO of the company. And so maybe you find somebody to partner with, somebody that's really good at those systems and at that kind of stuff. Um, maybe you uh, sell the company to somebody who does want to systematize it. Maybe, um, you know, maybe within that you say, hey, you know, I want to sell you this company. Here's the job that I do. I do it really well. You know, like going back to the dog walker thing. Hey, I am a great dog walker. I, I really meet the needs of those dogs. Every single one of the clients that I have loves knowing that when they, when, the, when I come and get their dog and their dog is out on a walk with me, their dog is safe, their dog is getting their needs met. And I'm really great at that. And that's what I want my life to be. Hey, there's no shame in that game. That's awesome. I want you to have that clarity. For others of you, uh, hearing what Paul said today lit a fire under you. You're like, oh, I am going to be the best CEO of a company ever. There is going to be in the history books written about the best CEOs in the world, and I'm going to be the person at the top of the page. I hope there's some of you listening that that's, that's what it incited you to. And you may already be on the path to that. You may be well on the road to that. You may have listened to Paul and had him just reiterate within you every single thing you already believe and do and the actions you take. And, and if so, hey, I applaud you. Absolutely awesome. That's amazing. And if there are some things that you strive for but haven't done, you know, take that fire that's been lit under you and really take the time to exceed your own expectations. Create the culture for the company you want. Do you want to be the kind of company where, you know, everybody feels like family and it's just as likely that people are going to hug each other just here in the middle of the regular work day because they're so close, it's like family? Or do you need, uh, for whatever reasons, for the company to be a little bit um, more, uh, you know, professional in and that there are certain lines like that that you just don't cross at work, that there is a time for camaraderie and those kind of things, and we can do those outside of the office, but in the office, this is how, you know, I want things to run. Again, there's no make wrong. It's whatever you want to do. But then write it down. That's the first and foremost part of any system, any process, all of those things. And then secondly, start living it yourself. One of the things I wrote about in my book, um, you know, was talking about uh, in order to succeed in life and business, one of the things you have to do is reward yourself, award yourself. Um, you know, so if you want to have 
bonus programs, recognition programs, you want to make people feel special, any of those kind of things, you need to start when it's just you doing that for you. If you don't celebrate you, who else is going to? And so you need to set up both big and small um, competitions for yourself and then prizes you can win for doing it. And so, uh, again, like I said, it could be big or small. It could be today, I am going to make these 10 sales calls. Doesn't matter if I sell all 10 of them or I sell none of them, but I have set for myself a goal of making these 10 sales calls. And when I do that, the award that I'm giving myself is, I don't know, a cup of coffee from Starbucks. Um, I've already bought the Starbucks certificate and I'm gonna actually award it to myself. And, you know, and then start thinking about the culture of your company. How are you gonna award it to you? You know, are you gonna give it in an envelope and, and you know, do you wanna videotape it and put it up on the company's website and those kind of things? Do it now. Do it when it's just you. And then do that too with the big things. You know, for your quarterly, for your annual sales goals, for your annual uh, review of yourself. Review yourself before you have employees that you do employee reviews for. Um, you know, give yourself milestones. Create certificates for yourself. You can hang up on the wall. Employee of the Year Award. Even if you're the only employee in the company, if you're going to give it out on a regular basis in your company and you want that to be part of the culture, that starts now. Your culture isn't going to start when you get two people or when you get to 20 people or whatever. The culture that you're going to create in your company starts now. And so to be a business owner, to be the CEO of your business, you need to start operating on that level right now. And what you're going to find is that every time you take another step that direction, your business is going to thrive. You're going to thrive. And ultimately, you're going to look back at this moment and you're going to say, you know, that was really the catalyst moment for when I became a true thriving entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp.com youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back 
today we've been talking about how to, first of all, determine if you're a business operator or a business owner and CEO, and then how to choose powerfully that you're going to be a business owner and CEO, or you're going to accept that that's not the direction you want to go in life, and you're going to make the changes to really facilitate that. The business needs those things. I really appreciate Paul coming in and really sharing some insight into how to move from business operator to business owner to CEO of your company to a person who ultimately really is watching that bottom line, is creating those systems, and is effectively and dynamically running a company. I hope that you took a lot of great things from that and that you will, from whatever point you um, you know, judged yourself to be, that you will be able to really, truly now make some powerful decisions. That you'll look at that list that we made way back in the first segment of this show, and you'll be able to say powerfully, here are the things that only I can do, and I'm going to do them. And here is, maybe it's not today, but here is the path of how I'm going to get every single thing else on this list to someone else. And here also are the things that I realized I shouldn't be doing and the company shouldn't be doing either that we're going to let go of because just like dead weight, it's something that needs to be released. I hope you can make all of those decisions powerfully today that you leave listening this show empowered, feeling powerful, positive, dynamic, and that you know you are a business owner, you are the powerful CEO of your corporation, and that you're making a difference in the world. Because that's who you are. You are amazing. You are a dynamic, powerful, amazing person. And we appreciate who you are. Kathy and I have our company, and we have as a goal to help, over the course of the rest of our life, a million people become best-selling authors. We have a whole bunch of different ways that we do that. It all starts from our free group, Best Sellers Guild. You can go to Facebook and look up Best Sellers Guild, or you can go bestsellersguild.com takes you to Facebook, ask to join. We'd love to have you as part of it. We are here to help you be the CEO that you are meant to be. And that starts, you know, we've been a marketing company for like 20 years plus now. Um, And one of the things that we learned many, many years ago is that one of the foundational elements you need in your business is you need credentials. Right now, one of the best credentials you can have is being a best-selling author. And one of the most amazing marketing tools for your business is your book. It helps in so many different angles, and you really absolutely do need to have your book. So if you haven't, if you don't, or if you know it's time to put out the next book. We would love to help you through that process. We have all kinds of things that we've created, systematized, and we have available to you 
to take you very easily from where you are right now to a best-selling author in somewhere between 30 or 90 days. We have our nine-week bestseller formula that takes you through the process in nine weeks. We have our authority package that's a little bit higher that works and does a lot of the work for you. And we can do that in as little as 30 days. We want to see you thriving as an entrepreneur. We want your message out, shaping the world, sharing what you know, because you are a game changer. You're a world changer. You are a powerful, important person. And your message needs to be out there. Kathy and I would be blessed. We would be honored to be part of helping share your message with the world. So please do join us at bestsellersguild.com and become a member of our free Facebook group and start the process of your journey to becoming a best-selling author because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. Please know that we're here to help. That Kathy and I want to bring to you and share with you what we've learned thus far and what we continue to learn to help you so that you can share your message with the world. So that you can thrive in your life and business. And so that you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. We want to see that for you. We want to see that for your family. We want years from now to people be talking about how grandma, great-grandma, great-great-great-great-grandma was a best-selling author. She was an amazing CEO for a powerful, impactful company that changed the world. We want to see that message that you have to share with the world in print. We want you to walk through a room someday and see a quote on the wall and then stop and realize that quote was from your book. I want you to take that with you. Envision that today as you go through your day living as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, know that Kathy and I are here for you to help in any way that we can. And I hope that you have a really great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. 
Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.